This is the 74th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Let's get into it. Fox News, all Hunter Biden, all the time, cocaine sharks, and RFK Jr. is our Democrat. I think that the it's too hot outside, everyone be terrified, is like the slow news cycle summer shark story. Mm -hmm. Like, it's summer, it's hot. Get cocaine bear, how about cocaine shark? What? They're feasting off bales of drugs dumped into the ocean. So how might it affect their behavior? (laughs) Gee, I wonder. We ask an expert, expert as shark encounters rise, Coast. Cocaine sharks. Do I really need to say anything more? (laughs) Scientists are looking into whether the deadly beasts lurking off of Florida's coast are gobbling up bundles of cocaine dumped in the ocean by drug smugglers. Scientists are noticing the sharks are acting more aggressive, and one group was strangely fixated on an object that was not there. Sounds like a cokehead. Shark encounters have beachgoers on alert across the United States. The most recent attack happened in Hilton Head, South Carolina, where a man was bitten on Friday afternoon while swimming in waist-deep water, was bitten on the foot. He's going to be okay. And marine biologists are worried that sharks, yeah, are eating the coke. So are sharks getting high? Is Jaws doing lines? Staying up all night talking about Rogan and Bitcoin. And now the experts are warning us about the cocaine sharks, how they might be feasting on bales of drugs off the coast of Florida. What do you know about this? Well, unfortunately, I think this is just someone looking to try to make a TV show. We do lots of toxicology studies on the 92 sharks we've sampled off the East Coast. They have these receptors in their nose that pick up proteins. So I don't think they're going to be going around uh, eating bales of cocaine. I think it's just something to make a TV <laughs> I mean, show. How about. many bales of cocaine are in the ocean? The yeah, no, it's just TV, you know, trying to make a good story to have some fun. Hopefully there'll be something to learn in the show as well. I- That last expert was an ocean um, expert named Chris Fisher, who, you know, got the distinction of Fox Guest Goes Rogue, as he just went off the script there and was like, this cocaine shark stuff, it's a bunch of nonsense. It's a bunch of nonsense. He said it right to somebody on Fox's face. I love it. I wish it happened more often. And it doesn't happen very often, but when it does. Now, I will admit, in order to make that little montage, I had to go back Uh, to the Friday of the week before this past week because it sort of overlapped from Friday to Monday. They were both cocaine shark was Friday to Monday of this week. So I used both. But I wanted to open with cocaine shark because if I didn't, it would be another Hunter Biden montage and I can't take it anymore. Fox News has turned into the Hunter Biden show. The Hunter Biden network, the all things all the time, Hunter Biden. While inflation continues to fall, The economy grows more than expected and unemployment remains low. Fox News has decided to put most of its energy into every aspect of Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings and drug-addled past. Fox News has become the Hunter Biden show. Segments about the president's son took up 39% of the airtime on the shows I covered last week. Hunter Biden has dominated Fox News coverage for two weeks running. Although his plea deal on tax and gun charges was rejected in court last week. No one has connected him or his father to any of the nefarious plots involving money laundering, bribery, influence peddling, or financial crimes that House Republicans, federal prosecutors, and the Department of Justice have been investigating for years. The Hunter Biden scandal remains very much an innuendo 
mixed with clues from emails, text messages, documents, photographs, and bank records that aren't related, but that are somehow supposed to add up to the crime of the century. In the brief instances when Fox anchors weren't talking about Hunter Biden, they were giving some tepid praise to Robert Kennedy Jr., denying the existence of climate change, or saying horrible things about slavery and the Holocaust. As usual, the network ignored several international conflicts, neglected to report on major climate disasters and advancements for green energy technology. Stories I covered last week, Fox and Friends, The Five, and Hannity. This is from Wednesday on Fox and Friends. It's Steve Ducey. He's talking to Janice Dean, and they both get to a point where they're kind of almost sort of acknowledging that climate change is a thing. But they don't get there, but, you know, it's like baby steps. We're, om- we're kind of, we're looking, we're in the direction. Here you go. Back with a Fox weather alert. City of Phoenix is still baking in an oppressive heat wave, seeing temperatures above 110 degrees for 25 straight days. Meanwhile, the water's off of South Florida feeling just uh, actually like a hot tub. Ocean temperatures over 100 degrees on back-to-back days in Manatee Bay in Everglades National Park. Senior meteorologist Janice Dean is here with our Fox Weather Forecast. And Janice, they've never seen wet weather that hot causing the water to be that warm ever. You can't even get into the water to to escape the heat. The thing that I'm concerned with is because we've got that warm water along the coast, when it comes to hurricane season, that is like fuel for these storms and we could see some rapid intensification. The good news is we have nothing right now we are concerned with, but of course we have to keep an eye on that. Do you see what I mean? And that they're almost there. They're like right at the edge. They're looking at it. They're thinking, should I? Mm, No, I'm not. We can't. We can't actually acknowledge that this is freakish weather and that things are going horribly. We can't do it. But I am saving that clip for Janice Dean because I'm sure that in the later summer, um, when they start having expert after expert come on and say, well, this this heat has nothing to do with the intensity of hurricanes, I'll be like, bam, there you go. I'm going to pair it with that one and go, ha ha. Okay, so this next one is from Friday. The Ingram angle, Laura Ingram. And we go right back to the old school Fox News way of dealing with climate change. Well, speaking of the heat, Ned, the U.N. Secretary General dropped a very calming message today. Watch. Climate change is here. It is terrifying. And it is just the beginning. The era of global warming has ended. The The era of global boiling has arrived. That was boiling, by the way, global boiling. That's that's where we are. This is it is a hoax. It is nothing more than an attempt to manipulate people into a state of fear to have them give more control over to a ruling elite who would take this hoax uh, and enforce it through a whole host of means. But it's a hoax. And yet they continue to push in hopes that we'll surrender to them and, and we will not. That's that voice was Ned Ryan. He's the CEO of American Majority. He's a regular guest on Fox News. He's on pretty much every show. But if you see what he's saying there, he's very vague. It's just some sort of it's some sort of plot. It's a hoax to control the masses by the global elite, whatever that is. You know, certainly it can't be the fact that temperatures continue to get hotter year after year after year all over the world. We've broken every record this year. And, you know, that's supposed to be no big deal. No big deal. Don't don't. Don't worry yourself. This is just a hoax. It's a plot to control you. We'll tell you what's real. We'll tell you what reality is. 
So, um, since we are eight and a half minutes in, I should give a shout out to my sponsor, the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. And as I always say, I am a graduate of that program, not a student. Um, I also want to give a shout out because we are two weeks away where I'm falling off a cliff and I will be 100% supported by listeners of this podcast and readers of the newsletter. And if you'd like to become a supporter, you can go to my Substack at Decoding Fox News. You can go to my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. And then there's a little dollar sign next to my name on Twitter and you can donate that way. Or if you can't afford it, and I totally understand if you can't, the other next best thing to do is share the podcast, share the newsletter, tell a friend, share it on social media. That is just as helpful as anything else you could do. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this. You, if you follow me on Twitter at all or on threads, you know that I'm in dealing with some craziness uh, that I'll talk about later um, that's been a little bizarre. But that craziness has increased my following by 17% on Twitter, which is the uh, equivalent of 17,000 people. I also got a bunch of new subscribers for this uh, Substack and for the podcast and for my Patreon. So thank you if you're new. Um, and as if you're new, I, I will talk about this thing called the newsletter. And the newsletter is a written version of the podcast, which gets published pretty much around the same time as the podcast. It's also found on my Substack. It's the same title. Just go to the written version. And if you'd prefer that, you can do that. Some people do both. Some people uh, just prefer to read it on their phone. Some people prefer to listen. I offer both. So moving on, we've got, oh, I just want to add too, because this is very exciting. I was having some audio problems last week that kind of came up out of nowhere. And I ordered this nifty little foam uh, box situation that fits behind, it's like fits behind the microphone, is much bigger. And on my end so far, it sounds a lot better than it's ever sounded. So if you're wondering why I sound a little bit different, I'm leveling up. And I'm leveling up thanks to the support <laughs> of my listeners and readers. You guys are decoding Fox News as much as I am. So next up, we have Jesse Waters' wild claims about Hunter Biden. Now, this one did make me laugh out loud. So, Jesse Waters had teased this in the five that day. This is from Thursday, that he had proof that Joe Biden specifically had offshore accounts. And I was like, wow, you've got proof, and I haven't seen that pop up anywhere else in the media today. I kind of think you don't have proof, because that would be that would be huge, and it wouldn't just be reported on Fox News. It would probably be, it would probably be so big it would be reported anywhere. I don't believe that they have sources that good that they would have an exclusive like that. I just, I'm not buying it. So um, I also think like the House would know, everybody would know. So here's the clip where Jesse sort of reveals his huge scoop. Time has just discovered that the Biden family, possibly Joe Biden himself, has offshore bank accounts. Here's James Comer. With Joe, I suspect there are offshore accounts. The IRS whistleblowers confirmed when I asked if they had documents pertaining to foreign accounts, and they said they did. Wow. But they couldn't turn them over to us. They have to go through that process and turn it over to the Ways and Means Committee, and I requested they do that, and they said they would. 
Let that sink in. IRS whistleblowers have indicated that they have documents suggesting that the Biden family, possibly Joe Biden himself, are hiding money offshore. These IRS whistleblowers have been asked to produce the documents relating to Biden's offshore bank accounts relating to the House and Means Committee. Now, these documents can't go to Comer. They have to go to House Ways and Means because they're the only committee permitted to see it. Sources tell Primetime they have not seen the documents yet, but when they do, it goes through a vote and then the documents will be released. So I hate to break it to you, Jesse Waters, but if you're wondering why your phone did not ring off the hook after this segment is you don't actually have evidence of anything. You have a hunch, basically. Uh, he says, James Comer says, I suspect there are. And it's basically, if you look at the language of how all of this is written, it's basically like there might be and we think there could be and we're going to ask for them. And then when we get them, we might show them to you. Ha ha. It's basically what he's saying. So, uh, yeah, that's proof of nothing. Proof of nothing. But I love how that spin is all that build up and you get the spinning thing that there's like a spinning globe for breaking news. And Jesse Waters' language, he's all animated. Jesse Waters still, to this day, insists he uses this term. He'll say, Hillary Clinton bleached her servers. And I'm like, hi. Okay, like, it's been a few years now. It's been a few years. Has anyone sat you down and explained Bleachbit, the software that is used to clean a hard drive? That's free. It's free. It's cheap because it's free. Um, it's not bleach. It's not actual bleach. Could you... Why do you keep saying bleach? You keep saying bleach. That's something he still do, still does. I mean, it has been years. What are we on? Six years? Seven years? It's a lot. And he's like, she bleached your servers. I'm like, no, she didn't. She's bleach bit. A free software. So in this next segment, Jessica Tarloff, the liberal on the five, explains the Hunter Biden failed plea deal. So on Wednesday, Judge Marilyn Norica rejected Biden's plea deal on tax charges. During the hearing, it was revealed that Biden's legal team and the prosecutors were not in agreement on all the terms of the deal. The judge was also concerned how the gun charge was linked to the tax charges. Fox News took this as a major blow for Hunter and his legal team. So on Thursday on The Five, Jessica Tarloff weighed in on, Hunt on this deal. I don't think that that's true. And we talked about it, I was here Tuesday, I guess. And I said, if if he did something really wrong, then lock him up. That's how this works. I'm not afraid of an impeachment inquiry, though you should be honest about the fact that you're not going to get one. You have all of these Republicans that have been on TV talking about it. Ken Buck says it's, it's theater, the shiny object. Tony Gonzalez says people at home are concerned about real things. Mike Lawler, Richard Hudson, saying no one is seriously considering this, except Kevin McCarthy, who wants to go on TV all the time and pretend as if it's happening. So it's not happening. And I know that that's sad for you. And I hate to burst your bubble about it. But not bursting. I'm still bubbling. Okay. <laughs> you, you bubble as long as you want. Oh, but I I'm just telling bubble you. Whatever I, the, want. I wouldn't try to stop you. Um, but I'm not afraid of it. And I think that this would actually be a day of celebration for people who think that the system is rigged. And we have these two, the two-tiered uh, system of justice because Hunter Biden didn't get the quote, sweetheart deal. And I was watching Stephanie Rule last night. She had on Joyce Vance, who was a U.S. attorney. Um, and she said that the judge asked all the right questions, that this was a completely appropriate response to it, and th that there were things in the deal that hadn't been made public yet. So I, I, 
I'm not seeing the outrage about it. Yes, well, if you want to run. Well, because the judge smelled a rat that the DOJ was in cahoots with Hunter's well, legal really team and then blew the oh, thing yeah. up. It'll be interesting when, so David Weiss, the U.S. attorney that yes. handled this case, wants to set the record straight because there are a lot of people, seems like, lying about what happened there. So he'll be testifying before the oversight committee. Get your popcorn ready. I assume that he's going to defend the deal and how all of this was handled. Um, but I'm... I'm not concerned, and I think, you know, it's great that the White House just said absolutely no pardon. Okay, we'll see if that holds. I just want to point out the obvious that Donald J. Trump pardoned several people who were in his administration who were convicted of things that directly tied back to him in some way. And that would be like Roger Stone, Michael Flynn, uh, Paul Manafort, and that's to name a few. So... (laughs) The fact that the Biden administration's like, this is my own son, and I'm like, nope, we're not going to pardon him. And I respect that. And honestly, I still think everything I've read about this, because he paid the taxes back and because he, he had the gun for two weeks when his uh, then uh, intimate partner, his girlfriend, the and it is this weird, his uh, brother's widow threw the gun in a dumpster. And then the gun was picked up and that's, but he didn't hurt anybody with it. And it was, again, he had it for like a second. So yes, he screwed up, but it could be far, far worse than what it is. So um, now we're going to move on to this one. Correct. I had a bunch of clips and it was hard to pick this one, but this was my favorite because this is also um, from the five. This is Dana Perino also Wednesday talking about RFK Jr. And this just made me laugh because it's, it's it's like one long extended backhanded compliment like she can't like she's saying good things about it but not really not really it's like they can't even they are trying so hard to make him a thing like he was again in the top five again two weeks running rfk jr hannity dedicated an entire two although not two hour but an entire hour long town hall um and by the way the town halls on fox are more like an extended uh, you know, softball interview. I don't remember. There may have been questions from the audience. I don't remember. But it's just like more like an interview with a cheering section. That's what it feels like. And it's like, okay. And Hannity did push back a couple times on this interview, but not really. It, was, it, was, it wasn't like his usual, like with Trump, where he's like, you are the greatest man in the world and we're here and I can't do Hannity's voice. It's, it's, it's hard for me to do men's voices, and then it's even harder when it's like, Hannity's kind of got a subtle, he's got like a New Yorker thing, and it's low, and it's kind of a rhythm, though. Anyway, but he, when he has, you know, Trump on, he just praises him and feeds him the answers, like, what do you think about uh, trade with China, and blah, 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 and he just will give it to him, and then go, here you go, and then Trump's like, I agree, and I'm like, what? Anyway, so uh, this is... Dana Perino's backhanded compliment of RFK Jr. But chaos loves a vacuum, right? And so RFK Jr. is filling that spot. I've always maintained that if RFK really wants to be president, he should run as a third party. Ah. Because in the Democratic primary, he's not going to win. 
It's just not. Like, the Democrats don't like him. A lot of Republicans might like or conservatives or people who are unaffiliated. 40% of the country says they're independent. They're not Republicans or Democrats. And he could speak to them. And I, I just don't understand. I understand why he doesn't. There is family tradition, and that is a big deal to leave mm -hmm. your party. Mm -hmm. um, but there's you know, some people today saying, wow, even the Boston Globe went against him. But the Boston Globe has been going against RFK for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. Even members of his own family. Yeah. have been going against him. It's, but it's the, I think this shows the fact that RFK is a little bit, he has shades of Bernie Sanders, where he can give Joe Biden a really hard time. But when it comes down to it, the Democratic machine, the party is going to stick with their front runner. There, there is a slight audio issue with that clip that I forgot. I couldn't fix it. it, it the original is a little screwed up. So um, what's funny about that clip is <laughs> that she basically says Democrats don't like him. The Boston Globe doesn't like him. His own family doesn't like him. But I think he should run his third party because they think, what? And Dana Perino is uh, a grown woman. She's had a long career in politics and in broadcast journalism. You'd think she would have figured out that third party candidates really don't have a chance in a national presidential election due to a number of reasons. Uh, the incredibly flawed way that we elect our officials, the winner take all, when representative per district. That's just any election. And then the other problem is this thing called the Electoral College, which is not going to go away anytime soon. And the last time a candidate for president who was third party won a single, he won more than that, but won actual electoral votes was in 1968. So even Ross Perot did not win a single electoral vote, yet he got a much larger percentage of the, of the popular vote. So Third party uh, candidates for president are hopeless. I don't know why anybody would be promoting them uh, with a straight face. But uh, and next up, we have Florida teaching standards about slavery. So Vice President Kamala Harris recently shared her opinion about Florida's middle school teaching standards regarding slavery. Her statements included they push forward revisionist history and they want to replace history with lies. The new standards were approved by the State Education Board, led by two African-American scholars. The controversy about the new standards involved a line in a 216-page document that included the following phrase. Instruction includes how slaves developed skills which, in some instances, could be applied for their personal benefit. So on Monday on The Five, Jesse Waters took a strong stance on Harris's comments about the proposed curriculum ask the African-Americans watching right now, what's it like to be lied to by Kamala Harris? What's it like to be lied to by these buffoons on MSNBC who didn't read the curriculum or The View, have no idea what the story is, have no idea what's going on down in Florida, and they act upset. They act enraged on your behalf based on a lie. I have the African-American PhD uh, we just heard from oh. Dr. Allen is going to be on the show tonight. I mean, he says this right here. This is well documented among historians. This is historical fact that slaves did develop skills while they were enslaved and then used those skills as blacksmiths, uh, as in agriculture, uh, tailoring uh, in the shipping business to then use to benefit themselves and their families once they were freed. So there's a fundamental thing that Jesse Waters misses there, and that is this that most slaves in the United States were not freed. Only that last generation after the Civil War were freed. 
So you're talking about multiple generations of slaves who may have learned a trade, who may have learned a skill, who lived from the time of their birth until their time of their death as property of another human being. And their children in turn also lived as property of another human being. And as we know, slaves were sometimes traded, families broken up, there, there was no respect for a family boundary. There was no respect for marital boundaries. It was just absolute power corrupts absolutely. And unfortunately, as anyone who studies anything, the horrors of slavery are proof that human beings, when they are left with no checks on horrific behavior, will just go right ahead and do the worst things imaginable. And that's what happened with chattel slavery in the United States. So that's great that maybe some people want to put a silver lining on this and say, uh, perhaps that last generation that was able to be free benefited somewhat from learning a skill. But it, I think that's a bit of a stretch. Now, those two scholars are in, you know, entitled to their opinion just as anyone else is. But I, they have plenty of critics besides myself. So, okay, this next one is where we're going to get into a very, very, very dodgy place. Uh, this was during the same discussion. Now, before I play this, I want to address the fact that Greg Gutfeld has accused me of defamation. Now, I'm not sure uh, uh, my understanding of defamation is I would have to knowingly tell a lie or, or show something that is false and present it as truth, knowing that it's a lie, in order to hurt or harm Greg Gutfeld. It's very specific, legally. Um, this is something Greg Gutfeld said on air. So I'm not sure how that would rise to the level of defamation. I also included in the tweet some brief commentary. Tweets are very, very short. Some brief commentary on how I felt about the clip. I was horrified by this clip. I had to walk away from my computer. I said, why on earth would you say that? There was also a tone to it that was very off-putting. This was not said plainly. You'll hear it. Um, since then, since this blew up, this was last Monday on the 24th, um, or 25th, I believe, but it, it aired on Monday, but it kind of blew up the next day, on Twitter at least. It went completely viral, 6.7 million views. And again, I'm gonna add that context that Greg Gutfeld feels that he's being misrepresented here, and. I'm adding that caveat, uh, but I'm not sure how this is false, considering he said this live on air with a record, knowing it was being recorded, knowing it was being broadcast to millions of people. So, um, and I was hardly the only person that had the opinion that this was a horrifying thing to say, but we'll get to some of the reaction after I play it. This is the clip. It starts with Jessica Tarloff giving her opinion about the slavery um, standards and then it kind of veers off into a horrible place. Do you think that she read the whole thing and just decided to cherry pick something? I, I do think that she read the whole thing. And I think that it's an incredibly complex piece. When you look at 191 passages, you have some good. And, and frankly, I'm just fundamentally uncomfortable with the sentence that blacks benefited at all from this. And I, 
you know, it made me think as someone, obviously I'm not black, but I'm Jewish. Would someone say about the Holocaust, for instance, that there were some benefits for Jews, right? While they were hanging out in concentration camps, you learned a strong work ethic, right? Maybe you learned a new skill. Did you ever we read Man's Search for Meaning? Vic Frankel talks about how you had to survive in a concentration yeah. camp by having skills. You had to be useful. Utility. Utility okay. kept you but alive. But we're also talking about middle schoolers here. And there's a lot of concern about what age people are prepared to understand complex issues. I'm not sure that 12 is the right age to start hearing things like, eh, and when you were enslaved here in America. What about gender? Now, the full 13-minute uh, clip does not change the context of that remark. Uh, at that moment was the first time the Holocaust came up. And after he said it, they went back to another topic. It never got brought up again. I included from that remark to the end of the clip till they went to a commercial on the top of my Twitter feed uh, in a series of tweets. It just, it's, a little, it's a little Twitter thread that just goes one, two, three. It's three little videos. That's it. Doesn't change the context. Um, I didn't cut anything out. I didn't uh, do anything to it. I took it exactly from my computer, put it through Premiere Pro. I was very careful to put and include incredibly accurate captions. So if somebody was listening and they didn't have, or they were watching, they didn't have their sound on, they could read it. I triple checked the captions. I did them myself uh, before I put it up. I did add some commentary in my tweet, but I, I'm allowed to add commentary just as you know, every person on Fox News adds commentary. When they showed the clips of Kamala Harris talking, they all had an opinion about her words. Everyone in that panel said, oh, how could she say that? How dare she? She's this, she's that. That's how, that's how communication, that's how language works, when, especially in a free country with the First Amendment. When somebody says something, you're allowed to react to it. Now, within hours, the Auschwitz Memorial issued a statement. And I just wanted to read this because... Um, it was published all over the place, but it, I've never heard it read out loud. And I just wanted to read it out loud. Because again, if Greg Gutfeld did not mean that, so be it. I, I don't, I'm not sure what he meant by that. Because I, I still don't know how to decipher what he's trying to say there other than what he actually said. I'm taking him at, at word value. And if he, if he thought that's what the book was about, that's fine. He's entitled to his opinion. But here's what the Auschwitz Memorial reacted to it. While it is true that some Jews may have used their skills or usefulness to increase their chances of survival during the Holocaust, it is essential to contextualize this statement properly and understand that it does not represent the complex history of the genocide perpetrated by Nazi Germany. Viktor Frankl's observation about the specific situation in Auschwitz, which at some point became a camp that connected the functions of a concentration camp and extermination center, and where deported Jews went through the selection process. Highlights, how some Jews became registered prisoners and might have used their skills to gain favor or prolong their lives in that particular setting, yet. It never gave them complete protection. However, we must not overlook the larger picture of the Holocaust. Nazi Germany's ultimate goal was to exterminate all of the people it considered Jews. Nazis created their racial definition of a Jewish person. Millions of Jews were brutally murdered in execution sites, mainly across the east of occupied Europe, with entire communities wiped out, regardless of their usefulness or contributions to society. While some of the ghettos seemed to have the goal of being productive and Jews were used to slave labor there, being useful did not guarantee safety, as the Nazis eventually decided to liquidate them, 
leading to the murder of those considered valuable as well. There were no selections in extermination camps such as Treblinka and Sobibor, and almost all deported Jews were murdered upon arrival, irrespective of any perceived usefulness. Being skilled or useful did not spare them from the horrors of the gas chambers. Furthermore, during the final stages of the Holocaust as the Nazi system was collapsing, concentration camp prisoners were evacuated to shrinking camp systems, resulting in the death of many. In these circumstances, being useful did not, protect, did not offer protection either. Therefore, while it is accurate to acknowledge that some Jews may have survived temporarily due to their perceived usefulness, it is crucial to remember that the Holocaust was a systematic genocide with the ultimate aim of exterminating the entire Jewish population. It would be more appropriate to say that some Jews survived the Holocaust because they were considered temporarily useful and that the circumstances of the Nazi regime collapse prevented their murder. We should avoid such oversimplifications in talking about this complex tragedy. So after the Auschwitz Memorial posted its remark on Twitter, the White House issued a statement. Things got real on Monday. Here we go. What Fox News allowed to be said on their air yesterday and so far has failed to condemn is an obscenity, said Deputy White House Press Secretary Andrew Bates. In defending a horrid, dangerous, extreme lie that insults the memory of the millions of Americans who suffered from the evil of enslavement, a Fox News host told another horrid, dangerous, and extreme lie that insults the memory of the millions of people who suffered from the evils of the Holocaust. Let's get something straight that the American people understand full well, and that is not complicated. There was nothing good about slavery. There was nothing good about the Holocaust. Full stop, Bates concluded. Americans deserve to be brought together, not torn apart with poison. And they deserve the truth and the freedom to learn, not book bans and lies. So I got that from CNN. Just wanted to give them credit. So this last statement is from the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League. And I got this by uh, due to some great reporting at the Daily Beast. Um, this is the quote. It is not clear from Gutfeld's comments if he was arguing that Jews learned skills in the Holocaust or that Jews who had skills had a better chance of staying alive. The latter is something that is well documented, while the former is nonsense. That said, many millions of Jews who, in Gutfeld's word, had utility were still murdered. Okay, so that, I, I, I wanted to include all three of those because you, they saw the same clip I saw. And they also had a very strong reaction to it. And all three of those reactions are talking about the video. They don't even mention the tweet. They don't even mention anything I said. They're talking about what was actually in the video, um, which is interesting. And they all had a very, very strong reaction, as did thousands of other people. Some people didn't agree. That's okay. That's how this freedom of speech thing works. Some people thought, oh, it's per I totally get what he's saying. I'm like, okay, great. You know, that's how journalism is supposed to work. That's how uh, media is supposed to work. That's how communication is supposed to work. We are allowed our opinions. Um, but that did broadcast. It was on the five. All I did was clip it and stick it on Twitter. So again, not sure what you're talking about. So yes, yeah, Sunday afternoon when like no one's really paying attention, I start getting a series of tweets at my account from Greg Gutfeld. Um, I was going to read them, but I decided not to because they kind of don't make a ton of sense and they're all over the place. Um, 
people have speculated a number of things from them. Um, people have read them. Uh, I'm not going to go there because I don't know uh, what was going on with him. But ye- very odd. And then I also got weird uh, text messages on my phone from somebody who was saying they were Greg. They didn't say Greg Gutfeld, but they said they were Greg. And uh, a friend of mine who has much better resources than I do uh, looked at, like he works at a full newsroom looked it up and he said it's just attached to some person named Greg there's no last name so I don't know and I said that's weird it could be a prank I don't I'm not going to answer that um but it's been a really odd like 24 hours I got a lot of new followers from it subscribers patreon supporters all of that I'd rather not get them this way this is very strange I will say uh I've dealt with trolling before at a much much worse scale this was, so far it's just been on Twitter. Like, no one's gone off Twitter. I did have a handful of trolls on Saturday, but I don't think they were related. I went back and read exactly what they wrote. Nobody mentioned Gutfeld. And their comments, one person commented specifically on an article that I wrote months ago. And that person involved somebody who was sort of, um, had some tendencies, some sympathies, it appeared, based on words that were said with neo-nazis and white nationalism and that crowd gets really nasty and now it makes more sense having gone back and read those statements that it wasn't related to the gut filled thing because it 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 really wasn't um because i made that connection anyway so it's been a very strange 24 48 hours um i have no idea when this is going to end whatever i feel very strongly that i didn't defame anybody i know what the definition of defamation is and i don't think that this even comes close to it. Uh, so anyway, we're going to move on to uh, new charges for Trump, which was a huge story on all the other networks. On Fox, it was only 3% of the coverage that I captured. This is from Laura Ingram. This is from Friday, and this pretty much sums it up. SNBC, CNN were already pining to move on with their latest distraction game. This morning, we are on indictment watch. We begin with breaking news on the investigations surrounding former President Donald Trump. A secret meeting sets off alarms across the political and legal world. An indictment on charges related to January 6th and the attempt to overturn the election could be handed up at any moment today. Oh, they're so giddy. Lawyers for former President Trump did meet with special counsel Jack Smith and his team in Washington, D.C. today regarding that possible federal indictment related to the January 6th investigation. And while there is no indictment yet, they did get their distraction, the media did. So that was um, typical. Uh, She played like a clip that's very, and this is a great example. She played media from another source and then she commented on it. That's what you do. That's what Fox does all day long, especially with like The View. But anyway, um, if you see what she said there, it's very interesting because on Fox, the main story is this kind of convoluted it still hasn't you know linked to anything definitive of this you know crazy conspiracy uh plot whatever you want to call it that involves hunter biden uh and that's the main story and on fox the afterthought the distraction is the fact that the president a former president of the united states has multiple criminal indictments and there were just more charges added to one criminal indictment of federal charges, you know, insanely um, serious charges. But okay, that's the distraction. So this 
podcast might go a little bit longer than usual because of all that uh, craziness with the one clip. So here we go with stories Fox News ignored. Every week, I compare the hours I watched on Fox News with five hours of the PBS NewsHour. The following is a list of stories on the PBS cover that Fox did not. The Israeli Kaznet, the equivalent of Parliament, passed the first of a series of laws that would limit the power of the Supreme Court. Immediately following the bill's passage, massive protests broke out all over the country with critics saying limiting the court will weaken Israel's democracy. Three Hamas gunmen were killed by Israeli forces after the men opened fire on the soldiers from a car in the occupied West Bank. Extreme heat and windy weather have both contributed to a series of wildfires spreading across Greece. In recent weeks, over 667 fires have erupted, or roughly more than 60 a day in nearly every part of the country. Wildfires also broke out in Sicily, Algeria, Croatia, Spain, Portugal, and other parts of the Mediterranean area. In Algeria, the fires contributed to the death of 34 people. Ukrainian grain silos were destroyed by Russian missile strikes. The areas hit played no military role in the conflict. Russia claimed two drones hit commercial buildings in Moscow. There were no injuries. Ukraine did not claim responsibility for the attacks. Russia promised free shipments of grain to six African countries at a two-day Russia-Africa summit. The Wagner rebellion leader, Yegevny Prigozhin, was also present at the African summit in St. Petersburg. It was the first confirmed sighting of Mr. Prigozhin in Russia since his failed mutiny. Spain faces political uncertainty as no party won enough votes to form a government in its last round of national elections. The far-right Vox Party largely failed, winning only 33 seats out of 350 deputies. A new survey by Every Town for Gun Safety, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and the American University's Polarization and Extremism Research and Innovation Lab found that Americans between the ages of 14 to 30 support stricter gun laws. In those surveyed, about 40% knew at least one person who had been injured by a gun. The Chinese government named veteran diplomat Wang Yi its foreign minister after replacing Qin Gang after a mysterious one-month absence. Russia has refused to reinstate a deal with Ukraine that would allow the country to export grain through black seaports. President Biden announced new steps to help increase access to mental health care that would require insurers to offer the same level of mental health benefits as physical health benefits. This week, President Biden signed a proclamation establishing the Emmett Till and Mammy Till Mobley National Monument in Mississippi and Illinois. Emmett Till was killed in a brutal lynching at the age of 14 for allegedly whistling at a white woman. Seven automakers, BMW, GM, Honda, Hyundai, Kia, Mercedes, and Stellantis, plan to open 30,000 EV fast-charging stations around the country starting in 2024. The ocean off the coast of Florida has reached temperatures over 100 degrees, which has set off a massive bleaching event in some coral reefs. The U.N. has accused Russia of an act of utter cruelty after it used its veto power on the Security Council to block a nine-month renewal of cross-border aid to help feed and shelter four million people in rebel-held northwest Syria. Sinead O'Connor, an Irish singer who achieved global fame for her cover of Prince's hit Nothing Compares to You, died at the age of 56. O'Connor was also known for an appearance on Saturday Night Live, where she tore up a photo of the Pope to protest the widespread sexual abuse of children in the Catholic Church. PBS produced a segment about the conflict between lobster fishermen 
and conservationists who are concerned with the North Atlantic right whale. A military junta seized power in Niger by overthrowing President Mohamed Bazoum. The African Union, the UN, and the European Union all condemned the coup. PBS included a segment about how a Syrian refugee was elected mayor of a small town in Germany. The GDP grew 2.4% in the last quarter. Consumer spending increased at a 1.6% pace, exceeding most analysts' predictions. PBS produced a segment about the urban Heath Island, a metropolitan area that is a lot hotter than the rural area that it surrounds it. Heat created by cars, buses, trains, and people combined with the density of housing creates warmer temperatures than areas with more green space. Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, said that he stands with countries fighting China's bullying behavior as he spoke at bilateral talks in Australia. Japan released a defense analysis that warned of the most serious security threat since World War II. The country cited North Korea, China, and Russia as possible threats. The House and Senate will face negotiations over an annual National Defense Authorization Act. House Republicans want to add provisions that would undo the Pentagon's abortion travel policy, block gender-affirming care for trans soldiers, and limit diversity training. PBS included a segment about how small pharmacies are going bankrupt due to pharmacy benefit managers, a middleman that between pharmaceutical companies, wholesalers, and health insurance companies. China has issued a policy to pursue and prosecute pro-democracy advocates from Hong Kong who have fled the country. PBS produced a segment about how self-defense laws do not protect women who are victims of domestic violence. And those are the stories. That was a lot of them. Now we're going to go to buy the numbers. This is where I chart the top five topics per um, network. For the week, we go to Fox News. Top five topics, 39% Hunter Biden, 9% RFK Jr., and a lot of that was the town hall, 3% Trump new charges, 3% one more thing, 3% climate change doesn't exist. Now, one more thing is a human interest segment at the end of each episode of the five. Normally, that does not make the top five list. It's just because it it's a, as a certain length, it varies every single day it will it's come up twice on the top five it happens when there's nothing else going on normally one more thing won't show up it's because it was so heavily uh hunter biden hunter biden hunter biden that's why that one popped up now for pbs we have artist profile which again is a regular segment that's called canvas they they do all kinds of different things they had a musical they had a movie they have artists writers directors poets dancers you name it um, that's a staple. So that was number one at 9%. Trump indicted, uh, Trump indictment with the classified documents, new charges with 6%, 5% for extreme weather, 4% judicial reform, one in Israel, massive protests followed. That is a huge story. And then the Ukraine war took up 4%. And next we have the words used on Fox for the week ending July 30th, 2023. Biden at 610. That is huge. Hunter Biden, drumroll please, 418, 418. Again, this is the 15 hours I watched. Trump was only 106, crime 76, China 50, 57, border 45, RFK Jr. 32, California 26, Obama 25, Ukraine 25, Hillary 23, laptop 18, UFOs, that was another weird story, but it didn't take up much time on Fox, 
17, climate change 12, Russia 12, heat wave 9. Now get this, DeSantis 7. Again, let's compare DeSantis 7, RFK Jr. 32, Trump 106. That's kind of telling. Uh, inflation 3. See, notice how when inflation goes down, they stop talking about it. 3, only 3. AOC got mentioned once. Israel, all of the hubbub in Israel, only once. GDP, zero. They didn't mention that at all. Um, coming up, I couldn't fit it in the newsletter this week because of all the statements about the tweet. Uh, but I'll be doing, this week I'm on the Ingram Angle, Fox and Friends, and The Five. Um, I should also have some stuff finished up for paid subscribers. I got a little bit behind because of the drama this weekend. It's like 90% finished. I just have to make sure some of my quotes are there and clean it up a little bit, proof it, and it's done. Um, and that's my Hunter Biden series that won't end. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I know this isn't as funny as some of my previous um, episodes. I just wanted to be very respectful to the two topics of slavery and the Holocaust. So I just, you know, pull it down a little bit. We can be straight. We can be normal. We can be boring a little bit. Uh, it just would be wildly inappropriate for me to joke around those topics. Um, so my cats, Odin and Thor, the the podcast mascots send their love. And if you'd like to become a supporter, you can go to my Substack at Decoding Fox News. You can go to Patreon for Decoding Fox News. Um, you can share uh, my podcast or my newsletter on any social media or send it to a friend. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you at the next podcast.